Hey gang, I'm Nikki LaCroce, and you're listening to Who the Fuck? A show that explores the power of human connection and the profound resilience of the human spirit through compassionate conversations that help you better understand yourself so you can live with the sense of peace, purpose, and joy that you deserve. Each episode offers a safe space for guests to share intimate details of their personal journey and lessons learned along the way as we all seek to answer life's most important question. Who the fuck am I? Hey gang, I'm Nikki LaCroce, and today I'm sharing the mic with Brigitta Visser. And Brigitta is the author of Becoming Authentically Me, as well as a light empowerment coach, divine channel, and light language healer delivering messages to aid humanity by elevating our individual and collective consciousness. She is here to plant a seed to help unlock our true potential so we can better understand ourselves and the universe. Welcome to the show, Brigida. Thank you so much for having me, Nikki. Yes. So you and I were just chatting a little bit before we hopped on here about really breaking bad patterns, breaking cycles, bringing forth the good things in our life through the power of manifestation. And that doesn't just sort of start, uh, that's not really where the journey starts, right? Um, you, you have to get to a point where you reach a moment in your life where you recognize that you want and need something to change. So would you mind sharing just a little bit about, um, you know, sort of how you've created I guess, really what inspired you to write your book and how you've created your business around your coaching? Oh my God, that's a, that's a, that's a very broad question. Oh, well, it's a loaded question. Take it wherever you'd like it to go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I started writing my book, I guess, in 2000. So it was a long time in the making, very long time in the making, but I stopped writing it in between because I had to go through my life experiences. And I mean, in a nutshell, Yes, I am a healer, but I'm still da 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 healing myself every single day, you know. Mm-hmm. And 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 we just have to analyze, reevaluate our lives, and see how we go through that. But for me, in a, in a nutshell, you know, as a child, I was abused by a friend of the family, and in the eighties, life was very very different, and compared to what it is now, people are far more open. Um, but I kept that in. I mean, I was about like 10 years old 11 years old and um yeah I I just didn't know and I was I mean you know my personality kind of changed I became more quiet more withdrawn but um also when we returned to Holland because I grew up in Singapore Malaysia for a few years um my dad passed away and um he suffered from coronary heart disease and he always said you know, when I go back to Holland, I will die. And that was. Wow. Yeah. Was he ill before that? Nope. But I think because when we suffer from traumatic issues, whether it's childhood trauma, because he was actually, he was actually in a seminary at the age of 15, but he was abused there. And he had a pretty, he came from a very big family, a very strict family as well. And he carried so much pain with him that even though he meditated, that trauma wasn't released. And you can meditate all you like, but if you don't heal from the trauma within, if you don't, you know, pull out the roots of it, but just band-aid it, you're going to keep walking around with that same pattern 
And um, yeah, so he, yeah, he was only 44. He's pretty young. Wow. Were you aware of um, the abuse that he had suffered prior to his passing? Or was that something that came to light after the fact for you? Something, something much later, years later, when my mom told uh, told me and my sister. Mm. And um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's funny how, you know, once, and, and this is something I don't really often talk about, but once we're we're raised a certain way. Our parents are raised a certain way. So they raise us a certain way. So that's that conditioning. And often what happens is the ancestral line carries trauma. And so that trauma is, you know, is repeated yeah. and repeated and repeated. So that was actually really hard for me because I was 14 years old. It was hard for on all of us because it was a boom, just like that. Um, and at school, I was bullied because I really slouched because I wanted to be invisible and I was really skinny. So I got bullied as well. Um, and I do remember one episode out in Belgium in the forest, the Ardennes. And, and there was this kid and he held my arm up high in front of everyone. And he's like, look how skinny she is. That stayed with me for a very, very long time. But it's uh, kids don't realize that it can have a knock-on effect because oh, I for sure. yeah, had no self-worth, was so insecure, felt so ugly. I, even when I went to school, you know, I had to go to school, I would always go through the basement to enter the, um, the school premises because if you went through the front, there were all the popular kids. Oh, heck no. I was like, oh God, I don't want them to look at me. That's how bad it was. Oh, I, that's heartbreaking. And I understand in some way because I was bullied growing up a bit and it's coming to light now in therapy after five years of it, that, mm -hmm. um, a big part of what allowed me to end up in a really toxic and, and ultimately abusive relationship was my lack of self-worth that really yeah. stemmed from the lack of belonging and lack of acceptance and understanding that I felt as a child. So I can certainly understand how those things would impact you. Yeah. And I totally, on that part. Yeah, absolutely. You carry that into your adulthood because you don't heal. So even though for me, like I tried, I wanted to have a go at the modeling because I thought, Oh my God, what if people see me finally see me? Well, I mean, it's a very abusive industry. It's a mm -hmm. kettle market. You know, you're nothing. I mean, people just look through your portfolio and it was like, next. I wasn't, you know, I couldn't even live with it. I would have lived under a bridge, <laughs> you yeah. know. So, yeah. uh, and there's a lot of, at the time, there was a lot of sleeping around going on and I was just not thick-skinned enough. Um, and so the agencies didn't really like me. And even as I got older and I went to agencies, even in New York, it was like I was rejected time and time and time again. And that was really tough, but I just kept going because... I was like a chameleon. I mean, I was bartending, I was hostessing, I was doing promotion work, but that is who I am. I will, I don't care if you put me in the middle of the Sahara, I will still find work because that is just the mentality that I've always had. And yeah, I guess in, in some ways I'm just a survivor. Well, that's exactly yeah. what I was about to ask. <laughs> Do you feel like that's a survival mentality? It was a survival mentality because... In all of that, I mean, I had my stint with drugs and uh, when my stepdad passed away and I could say, I could tell, I could sit here and say, hey, you know what? I was with the wrong crowd, but actually 
No, it was my responsibility. I mean, yeah. I took too many E's one night. I suffered memory loss. And uh, that was kind of like a wake-up call. And it was, boom, after that, I was done. But, the, you know, when people say, oh, but why do you do drugs? Or why do you, why are you addicted to, or, or people have an addiction? And it's only because it's a form of escapism. Mm-hmm. You know, don't judge them for it. It's like they need to understand the root of the problem, but often it's so painful that they either drink themselves to death. My friend did that a few years ago, uh, quite literally, and um, or, or drugs. It doesn't matter what your vice is. It's like, why do you do it? Why do you keep running from, from yourself? And I always call that playing Houdini with yourself. Mm. And trust me. Nikki, I did it, but I did it in a different form. I did it by working my socks off. Yeah. And two, by starving myself, because these were things I could control. Mm-hmm. I was just trying to escape the emotions that were pressing down on me. And <clears throat> I wouldn't say that I was depressed. I always work. I work with the many, many ascended masters, but also Archangel Michael. And he always goes, depression, it's really about stuff that's pressing on your mind but also pressing on your heart and basically in one sentence you can sum it up you've shot your mind to hell because that's exactly what you've done because everything stems from the mind that's where we create everything that's where we concoct everything and that's how we manifest stuff you know i like that i appreciate that you brought in your experience with um, really addictive patterns, right? Because to your point, it can be drugs, it can be alcohol, it can be, like you said, pick your vice, but mm-hmm. um, overworking ourselves is such a pattern of behavior that many people would probably walk around saying that they don't have um, to address certain issues because they are avoidant in a way that is sort of acceptable from the perspective of society and that you're a workaholic, yeah. right? But there's a reason that we have that term because it's toxic for our behavior and the way that we show up in the world. And if you keep using that as a way to avoid or confront the things that are rooted in your your soul that you're afraid to deal with, then you're going to, as you pointed out, to continue to perpetuate those those patterns. And part of what you're also referencing is the importance of self-awareness and the recognition of those patterns, because being avoidant for a really long time, I think a lot of people like to believe that that they don't actually have the problems that they have. And so when you are sort of standing in front of the mirror, so to speak, literally or figuratively and being like, what's the deal? Like, what is it that's really holding you back from being who you need to be who you can be. Um, it requires us to let that guard down. And it's a really powerful uh, transformation to experience that. But it is not just, you know, all of a sudden you've come to this realization and everything's fine. It is so many highs and lows on that road to getting to who you are. And to your point um, earlier, is that like we are all still healing because we're trying to navigate things as they arise on that journey as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And more to the point, when you were talking about toxic relationships, I was the same. I rolled into toxic relationships because I had no self-worth. And I was trying to, I was such a, I always say I was such a broken bird. It was like, mm, set on my forehead, looking for another broken bird, looking for another broken bird. Are you broken? <laughs> you know? Yes. And so that's exactly what I attracted. 
Um, only because we are all mirror reflections of one another. In, in, you know, in a way, we're all teachers of one another. And there's a lot of beauty in that. We don't always see it when we are right in the middle, middle of a challenging relationship or an abusive relationship, but we allow that. And, you know, we each have a responsibility for our own lives. We're not responsible for the other person. You know, we cannot bend over backwards. It's something that I did. I, I allowed myself to be a doormat. I was really trying to save them and make sure that their life was okay. But at the yeah. end of the day, look what happened to me. I ended up getting hurt. And You I, sacrificed I, your I, life for somebody else's I life. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I look back now and it took me many, I'm not saying many relationships because I didn't have many relationships. I had a few and it was just, uh, and I've been on my own since, since early 2015 and it's great. I always say, do you know what? I'm like a born again virgin and it's fine. I'm happy (laughs) on my own because the most important thing is that you have a beautiful relationship with yourself because if you heal and you accept yourself the way you are and you return to that acceptance of yourself and that love for yourself. Uh, yeah, okay, for me, uh, don't think, woohoo, Brigitte is, uh, you know, she's she's fine. She surpassed all of that. That's a lot of baloney because I'm still learning and I'm also still breaking patterns. I mean, 2023 has been a crap year of learning. <laughs> That's exactly what it's been. And I'm just like, seriously, can it, where, where's the sunshine in my life? But yeah. more to the point, uh, they're like, yeah, but you can handle it and you create the sunshine in your own life. You do. Yeah. And we have asked for these challenges because our soul craves to to skip out of this, what I call this 3D matrix, that created matrix, and it yearns to be free. It yearns to have a better understanding of life and knows that there is, knows that we are capable of so much more. Yeah. Yeah. Just trying to navigate through this earthly jungle. And for me, gosh, I mean, I've studied many healing modalities because in 2009, and that was kind of my turning point where my ex was a crack addict and I didn't know that. And he lived with me in the in, in Holland. He was from the US and he landed in bed with the Crips, but he really wanted to get better. But it just it he just I don't think he was totally ready he wanted to but he didn't have a social security for Holland and uh he needed that to enter rehab but he had stolen from the crypt they held him for ransom I helped out the police but it I was just like oh my gosh oh my gosh I'd never encountered something like that never oh my gosh I I can I interject for a second yeah I didn't have an exact um, replica of what your experience was, but I found myself in these situations with my ex who dealt with substance abuse that was very hidden from me. Like there was a double life situation happening. And in those moments, did you feel like you were sort of having these out of body experiences in the sense of like, how is this my life? Like, how is this? Like, I, I never could have fathomed that this is where my life would be. And now that you are beyond it, you can see like, for me, it was hard to take accountability for my role in that. Um, yeah. But I think that it was really as horrible as it was. And I don't want to be like, 
everything happens for a reason because I don't think that that's the right way to think about it. But I feel like I learned so much from everything that I allowed and everything that I made excuses for. Um, Do you feel like coming out of that experience, you were able to have some clarity around that for yourself? I was, but it was, I mean, I went a step further because like I said, I mean, I tried to help him, tried to save him, tried to find him work, everything, everything. Whilst I was having, I had a pretty good job in oil and gas, but when I helped out the police and they rescued him, the leader of the Crips called me and he says, if I ever find you, I'm going to kill you. And he's like, if I ever find your partner, and he said, you will never find him again because he'll be dead in a ditch somewhere. And and that really shook me to my core. I mean, how could it not? Had, yeah, had already taken me out of Holland in the space of like two days, and I'd rented a property in the UK. But I was, I was just so far gone. I downed a whole box of ibuprofen, and um, but I woke up after a very restful sleep, and my headache gone. That's all it did for me, and. You can say it was a very lame attempt on my own life. And um, my mom just said to me, why don't you go see a counselor? Because I couldn't go on like that anymore. I really, really couldn't. And I did go and see a counselor. But for me, the counselor just said to me, Brigitta, you know what? You're strong enough. You're going to be fine. And that was it. And so for me, I had to really dig deep and do some soul searching and find a whole, I, I walked a holistic route. So that's why I opted for Reiki. I found a Reiki healer and she just, I don't know, she did, it was just a beautiful experience. I always say that was my saving grace. That was the start of my healing journey because I studied so many healing modalities. And there's one thing with I forgot to mention, something I also don't really talk about, but it's just, you know, going through, going through my life and even in New York where I was rejected in the modeling people think oh well she lived a really glamorous life do you know what often I would either share I I had a um what do you call that I would have a um a room to rent and sometimes there'd just be a mattress on the floor I'd live out of my suitcase and I'd just you know move around um but that didn't even bother me and I think one of the things because I've moved more times than my age and I'm nearly 50. It's just like, I don't really care about stuff. It's just material. Do we really need it? Yeah. It's like, it's so much baggage that you take with you. But yes, going back to, uh, to your question really about my book as well. So I finished right. I, I was published a year ago and it, that was the right time. But I, I had to do so much healing in between. And I learned how to channel. I walked through the Akashic Records, the Akashic Records, which for people that don't know, it's Thank going you. through your past <laughs> lives. You walk through your past lives with an Akashic Record healer. And it's really, really powerful because you understand the patterns and you understand that other individuals in this lifetime, you would have had a lifetime in the past. And you carry some of that trauma with you within your DNA. And it just blew my mind. It really did. Because 
with the one in Holland, I apparently was in the um, Byzantine Empire and I was a man. I had a family and he was like my blood brother, but he betrayed me and I was the one that ended up in prison over there and died. And in this lifetime, he was in the system in, in the US. Uh, but I do have to say that he's cleaned up his act now and he's doing pretty well for himself. So that's really beautiful to see. But what we don't always understand that when we are in these relationships that we need to accept one another as we are. And if we don't sync with one another, if we don't gel with one another, if that chemistry is not there anymore, then it's time to lovingly part ways because love is unconditional. Love is our essence, but we don't because we put so many conditions on love. And it's like this legal binding contract with God knows how many freaking clauses. And it shouldn't be like that. Um, yeah. I think part of it's time invested too, right? We see so much yeah. in relationships where, like I was in this relationship for over a decade. And the mind-blowing thing to me is I recently found things that I had written to myself um, early on in the relationship and throughout the relationship, really indicating that it wasn't a right fit, knowing, yeah. knowing that it wasn't a right fit. But the other in the same breath, sort of, or same pen strokes, like that it was me also trying to justify why that was the th place that I should be and the person that I should be with. And much like you, like I had a savior, like the desire to save this person and not in a way that was like so over, like I need to save you. It was like, you said something like you wanted them to have a good life. Like that's exactly how I felt. Like I want you to have a good life. We deserve to live a good life. And when my life started to crumble as a result of trying to make this person's life better, that's when it really became so apparent to me that like, this is not right. This is not sustainable. This is not love. And I think yeah. we confuse sometimes that chemistry with this unconditional love because we get um, mired down in like the construct and the expectations. And frankly, from my standpoint, and I think a lot of other people's like, you see exiting a relationship as a failure and that's not what it is. And it no, has to, like, we have to rethink that mindset because it is not a failure. In fact, good for you if you understand that that has met the end of the road and that you can move on to something else. And like you said, in a loving, kind way, like we can part ways. And I think that we tragically as human beings often struggle to find the way to exit with grace um, because oftentimes it reaches sort of a pinnacle of honestly disdain for a lot of people in, in their yeah. relationships with others, that it's like, there's no putting that down gently. Like it's going to be volatile. And when it's volatile, we're not thinking rationally about it. No. And what we don't see is that we stump our own growth as much as we stump their growth. Oh, for sure. That's really, really important. I see many people staying together for the sake of staying together or for their kids, but you're never obliged. It's so ingrained within society. But you know, if you if you don't sing from the same hymn sheet, it's okay to move on and just be in gratitude that you were in that relationship, whatever kind of relationship that may be. It could be family, it could be yep. you know, any interpersonal relationship, but just be thankful because they've taught you something. And often when we meet people, 
you know, and they, oh, they really, they really, it's like they get under our skin. And it's like, oh, but wait a minute. What is this telling me? What do I need to heal? Rather than going, oh my God, I want to strangle this person. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> keep on, keep on keeping like that. No. Yeah. It's about realizing that. And that is actually the beauty of life. I really, really had to learn because I was suffering from donkey syndrome. Honestly, I had to learn the lesson a few times. My guides were going, hey, Brigida. Well, that didn't really turn out well. Well, we're going to send you someone new with a bit of a different package, different country. Let's see what you do. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Well, and you're challenged, right? <laughs> you're challenged to figure it out. And I mean, I see this in my own past. I see this with friends of mine. And you look at it and it's like, we have to consciously make a different decision if we want a different outcome. And it's like the one of the biggest things that I've learned in the past several years is because it feels comfortable doesn't mean it's right because we can be very comfortable in things that are toxic um, and the discomfort, the leaving that circumstance behind or those patterns behind can often result in discomfort because it's unfamiliar. And that's really is what you need to do to move forward in your own life. Do you find that that's been your experience as well? Absolutely. At this ease within ourselves and we make ourselves, and we make ourselves ill. And ill is an acronym for imbalanced of love and light, because that's exactly what it is. That's what we've done to ourselves. You know, we beat ourselves up in the boxing ring and we just keep doing it. And it's like, well, universe is like, yeah, but give yourself a little love, you know? Yeah. <laughs> we have to make space to do that. Right. And it's really hard. Like you're no. saying, like 2023 has been a hard year for you. And the thing yeah. that, you know, I think is beautiful in, I, I'm going to try to look at this optimistically as an objective uh, onlooker for you is like, because you know everything that you know from your experiences that you've had, while this might be a turbulent or uh, tumultuous year, you also understand that like there is learning to be done in these moments and that you can hopefully, whether now or in the future, give yourself grace and know that like, this is like one of those coming uh, of becoming who we are moments. Um, and that's really what I think we struggle to give ourselves grace when we're in those really hard moments sometimes. So it, it's good to know that you have the background and the awareness and you've had the experience to be able to sort of reflect on that, hopefully in those moments that are a bit more challenging. Yeah, it, that is very true. Um, we become more aware, consciously aware of why these why we are having these experiences. Yeah. So at that point, you know, you can do something about it rather than huffing and puffing like the big bad wolf. You know, yeah. and that that's the big difference. So I just power through it. And as you know, I for many, many months I manifested going to Spain. So finally, boom, I found what I was looking for. And I just left it up to the universe because I looked from one end to the other and I left it open. And uh, yeah, so I'm moving in a few weeks. That's amazing. When I was out there, I'm going to tell you there were so many synchronicities that happened to me. I was like blown away. And I thought, you know, what? I love it here. I just love it here. The, the culture is completely different. Yes, there are many, many Europeans, especially Swedish, Norwegians. Germans as well, but um, just peace and tranquility. 
Like it feels like your soul is at home in a way. Uh, yeah, I, I will be so much more at ease. Plus, you know, the cost of living is half of what it is here in the UK. And yeah, I don't. It's one of the things when we are talking about being a workaholic, that is one of the patterns that I, I do have. And but I know that and I put my foot down because this is not my passion. This is not my corporate job is just a job. Mm-hmm. And people say, yeah, we need to 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 work, to be able to live and to pay our bills. Yes. And then I always say, but yeah, and <laughs> look who's talking. Yes. I, <laughs> no, I get my, it. <laughs> my money is like the drug, right? That keeps us in that fixed employment because we need to pay our bills. Yeah. But that's like being stuck in that rat race, in that in, 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 in the sewer system, as I as I like to call it. And you have to follow your passions. And even if that means that you work for a little while and do stuff that you may not uh, may not really like but you work towards that goal and I think that is the main thing I don't care what you want to do in life for some people they have a passion of taking care of their family and that is fine too yep and for some others they want to make a difference in the world or they want to work on themselves work on themselves and inspire others to become a better version of themselves. And the only way you can do that is when you heal yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And so one of the things that I I would love to go back to a little bit, because I don't know that a lot of people are as familiar with sort of the healing modalities as um, as you are. And I will be honest, I know bits and pieces of some of the types of work that you do, but I am also um, not as educated as I could be. And so I think part of what I'd love to know a little bit more about too, is how, you know, learning more about like either your Akashic records or just in general, like past lives has helped impact the way you approach your present life. Yeah. I mean, so much changed. Um, in one of my lifetimes, I've had so many lifetimes, even galactic ones. Uh, I've been there since the dawn of time. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, I talk about a lot of past lives. I had one earlier today, actually, because I had a light language healing. People are like, what is light language healing? What does it do? Yes. <laughs> and it's something really, really different. It's very, very up and coming now. It's more so in the U.S. than the U.K., but I I love it. I absolutely love doing it, giving it to clients. But when I speak it, I'm happy to give a demo in a minute to you, like a one-minute demo. Okay. Um, Your mind is like, what the hell is this? What is this gobbledygook? And I always call it like minionese language, minions. And... But it doesn't matter because your soul understands these light codes and it absorbs these light codes. It's like a very form of ancient healing. It's galactic healing. Um, I work a lot with the galactics like the Pleiadians, the Syrians, um, the Arturians, even the the Elfin Kingdom, um, Lemurians, the Atlanteans. So a lot of the uh, mermaids. Um, So it's all different. It's very, very powerful very powerful healing and for me i studied many healing modalities and i even taught reiki Uh, i did eft i became a meditation teacher um, because it's all about heal or heal thyself right absolutely (laughs) (laughs) so yeah so that's light language but 
even this afternoon, I was like, oh my God, what, what is this? I was literally, and this was somewhere in South America. This happened this afternoon and I need to write it down. I was literally hanging in a in a very old created cage of, of metal, uh, that very rusty metal. And I was hanging above lava and they were lowering me down. It was like a sacrifice. Lowering me down really slowly until I incinerated bit by bit. And I was like, this is insane. Um, yeah. Um, but that's not the only life. I mean, other lifetimes I've had, I've lived in the Middle Ages. I've been um, an inquisitor in the South Americas. Uh, mm. I wasn't I wasn't a very nice person. I really wasn't uh, because I tortured people. And um, can I ask I water- a question? Oh, I'm sorry. Finish yes. what you were saying first. Yeah. So I waterboarded people, um, and it's really strange because there were like Portuguese words coming through, and I'm like, "What the heck does that mean?" Um, yeah. So I wrote. I, I I looked it up afterwards. So I haven't always been a goody two shoes, um, but there were times where, like, in another lifetime, I was like a nun, and I could see spirit and speak to spirit, and I was always beaten down for it. Because I was an orphan in in this nunnery. Um, so with another ex, for instance, in the in the one in Florida that harassed me and wouldn't leave me alone, um, he poisoned me in another lifetime in the Middle Ages with like an arsenic, and because all he wanted was my money at the time, and so instead of helping to you know, heal me back, heal me back to, uh, to health. He was slowly poisoning me. And that took like several months until it was too late. And, um, yeah. How do you access, like, how do you access that and understand that to be, I'm going to use the phrase to be true, even though that's like, probably not the correct language for it, but I've never done any sort of like past like life regression or anything like that. Um, But I understand conceptually like what you're saying, but I don't understand like how you get to that and how you like, how you feel that that is part of you. So uh, for instance, with this lifetime with my ex, he's doing very well out in Florida for himself now, but when I, this was through the Akashic record healer, Alania Starhawk, and it just, it just, it just resonated with my soul. But what happened after that healing, his energy changed too. And all of a sudden, boom, he backed off and he started to change his life. Interesting. And so that is because that those ties were severed and I needed to heal from that experience. And that was very, very powerful for me. Um, but even after that, even when I was writing or I was just sitting down very quietly, you know, past lives would just, I can't explain that to you. They would pass me by in like a flash mm-hmm. and I could just feel that, you know, I've lived in the times of Julius Caesar. I was a politician. Uh, very, very interesting. So I do channel a lot of my, in my book, especially a lot of my past lives from that aspect of who I was. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, yeah, it's interesting because I was a giant or, you know, a half breed as well. Um, so that was really interesting. And I looked at myself and I was like, gee, I'm hairy. 
and this is millions of years ago, but I can sit in that essence now. But it took for me to go and see someone to open myself back up. And that was the same with the channeling. I went to a workshop um, because I was so down in the dumps with this, 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 um, this ex that wouldn't leave me alone. And I knew I needed to heal myself. I couldn't go on like this anymore because at the time, Nikki, I was often on the floor screaming at spirit and crying and just lying there in the dark on the floor. That's how bad it was. And I just thought to myself, I don't deserve this. You know, why, why is that? I it really like a lot of people say, why is this happening to me? They're you begging know, for than, relief. Yeah. What, rather than saying, well, actually, why is this happening for me? You know, what do I need to do to change? Well, I threw it into the universe. And so that's when I started to follow the breadcrumbs. And um, so I ended up with Alania Starhawk. But it's when she had this workshop, I went to it, how to become a channel and everyone, it was a big group and um, they were just sitting on chairs and I'm an antisocial shit bird. So I was sitting somewhere in the corner <laughs> and um, she did this meditation and she counted two, three, and then back off after half an hour from three to one. Well, Heck knows where I went because once she counted back, that's when I came back into the room. That's how powerful her meditation was with the samples. And everyone's like, oh my God, I saw the Ascended Masters, the Archangels. I got this message. I saw these colors and blah, 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 blah. I saw my guides. Well, I saw Jack sugary banana shit. And so I, I was not happy, not happy. And Did you so feel I like just, that made you skeptical? not skeptical I was just I was just I was crying so I was wiping the tears with with the sleeve on my vest but what she said at that point was how she started was she took a notepad and a pen and all she said to the universe to her guides was like I am ready to receive well that stayed with me because I just when the class finished boom I was out I was out out the door, hopped in my car, went home. And that's exactly what I did that night. And I think because I was so, my mind was just woof, so far gone that I just started to write. And it was amazing. I mean, actually, I was crying tears of joy in my living room because it was like very old. It was old English prose. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I'm really good at something. Yes, I could help. I could teach Reiki and sometimes I saw stuff, but this was like my niche. And so I started to do this every single day because it's like going to the gym or, you know, learning to ride a bike. And finally, you know, I took out my card decks and I just uh, picked a card, you know, shuffled it, picked a card. And whoever it was, whether whichever ascended masters, the deity, archangel, you name it, I would just sit there with a card and say, mm, do you have a message for me? Or can you tell me something about your past lives? And that would just flow. I didn't use Google. No, I didn't cheat. So <laughs> <laughs> that's how it worked for me. Mm -hmm. That's really how it worked for me. And that's I've loved channeling her ever since. Yeah. Yes, life has taken over a little bit. And I, you know, I'm finishing writing up my second book, which I will finish 
by the end of this year, that's very much with the Indian deities. And they're, to me, they're all hilarious. They talk about life. Many of the ascended masters do anyway. They talk about life um, in a in a fun and loving way. Everyone channels them differently. But for me, it's been so healing to have them along my journey and just look at the flip side of life and just laugh about it, laugh about your experiences, because they are always like, why do you take life so seriously? Yes, we know the quote, why do you take life so seriously? You're not going to get out of life anyway. But we get so absorbed within our experiences that we don't that we don't understand the lesson entailed within. Yeah. You know, life is like a game of a, a game of cosmic evolution. And people are like, yeah, but if life's a game, why are we here? Oh, well, first of all, you're here to return to a love for yourself and everyone around you and all sentient beings. And second, you're here to help elevate <clears throat> Elevate the consciousness of of um, um, of Gaia or Mother Earth. That's why you're here. And this this game of evolution has been played billions of years, not just on this planet, but many many other planets. And it's great because we are all energy. Yes, we are we are stuck in this organic blob, but we are we are energy, and we are here to learn to manipulate the energies and create a life basically that we desire. But we've so forgotten that we are energy, that we are alchemists, we're divine alchemists. We can transform anything from that lead to gold. So, you know, taking away the heaviness, transmuting the heaviness, healing, and returning to a far more enlightened version of ourselves. And when we get rid of the gunk that's stuck in our mind, all the hurt and everything, and we let that go, and... We learn to love ourselves a little bit more. Our life does get better. Doesn't mean we don't have our challenges. Challenges We do, but we understand them better and we can just hop the hurdles easier. Yeah, absolutely. And something that you said about, you know, kind of going through these experiences and recognizing them um, for people do take life too seriously. And when we look back at our lives and we see sort of in retrospect things that we took too seriously when we were younger, my wife and I were just talking about this being in middle school when like that, like a breakup was like the uh, just absolute worst thing that ever could have happened to you with this person that you were never going to be with for the rest of your life anyway, (laughs) or like odds are you're not going to be right. And it's like, but everything in our being believes that that is the worst thing that could ever happen to us. And then you grow up and you have more experiences and you're like, well, that's definitely not the worst thing that could happen to me. And like, we start to evolve with that. Oh, as you said, the awareness of sort of the criticality with which we should see the events that are happening, right? Even the things that you and I have been through that are deeply traumatic or have been abusive, you know, what that does is that informs our decisions moving forward to be able to say, okay, well, I recognize that and I'm not going to fall into that pattern. And in terms of that kind of relating to the taking things seriously, it's like we have to take our 
ourselves seriously. We have to apply like some sense of, as you said, self-acceptance, self-awareness to be able to move forward and and have the life that we want, but like Mm -hmm. allow those moments of levity because the things that also got me through those hardest moments in my life were moments of laughter with my friends and family, were those pieces of joy that came out of the absolute rubble, you know? And so I think sometimes it's, in those most serious moments that we're forced to look at them with a lighter heart, especially in the aftermath. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with you on that. I do. Um, So as we're kind of like rounding out the episode here, I think one of the things that would be really wonderful to understand is the work that you're doing now and how you're looking to help people achieve that higher consciousness. And you've mentioned some of this through your light language healing and things like that, but you have powerful soul healing is your, is your coaching business. Is that the correct way to refer to it? Would you say it's coaching or is it um, more, um, more holistic than that? More holistic. It's more empowering others to live to live their dreams and the only way they're going to do that is by looking at themselves in the mirror and saying you know what I'm going to take responsibility for my, for my life and I want to heal um yeah that is the key ingredient Absolutely. but I was going to say if you want a short demo on light language then I'm happy to do it I would love that please I have no yeah. idea what light language is so I am here for it let's do it yes <laughs> So I'm going to ask you, well, before I say close your eyes, is there an intent for your listeners that they want to focus on? Do you think fear or charity, joy, peace? Um, Let's go with peace. Peace? Mm -hmm. Finding the inner Zen. I call that the Kung Fu Panda. (laughs) Finding your inner Zen. I love it. All right. So, yeah. All right. So close your eyes. Okay. And I'm, yeah, I want you to take a very, very deep breath in all the way from your root chakra up to your crown chakra and just hold it and gently breathe out. And take another very deep breath in. Hold it and breathe back out and just keep breathing in and out whilst I whilst I bring through the light codes. And all I'm gonna say is have an open mind and allow the and simply allow the light codes to flow through you. Sukhini <laughs> 
Mm. They're saying they're pouring like a golden shower over you. I know we're talking about inner peace, but they're also bringing through codes of joy. So, and it's like they're saying flow through the waters of your beautiful self and allow for the heavens to flow back out down into the earth to allow for the light to permeate back into the cracks of your beautiful soul. And it's like they're saying you're standing by the, on the beach with your feet in the water and it's like the ebb and flow of life the rolling in of the experiences and the letting go of the trauma held within. Hmm. And they gently, gently retreat. And as always, I will say that the healing, these DNA activations, the light codes will stay with you as long as it's required to integrate within you. And I thank you for being here. And whenever you're ready, just take another very deep breath in. And gently release that and merely open your eyes when you're ready. It's like um like a peaceful disorientation. <laughs> um it, it was interesting that you said about um the joy as well, because when you first said, you know, kind of what intention, my immediate thought was joy. But then when you said peace, I thought inner peace is really what I I want people to have because I think inner peace yeah. can allow us to experience more joy. Yeah. Um and the point where you spoke to being at kind of the water's edge in the ocean was really yeah. m moving to me um, because I am very much a water person um, at my core. I'm a Scorpio, so I'm a water sign as well. But I, um, I growing up, the beach has been a place of solace for myself and my family. And since losing my mom, um, what I envisioned and what I felt in that moment was something that I've envisioned when reaching out to my mom spiritually and like feeling mm -hmm. her presence with me in that moment. So that was like really significant. Thank you. All right. You're welcome. Yeah. I suppose uh, it was a blending of some, uh, some light beings. I don't know with a bit of the Lemurians, but it's always very interesting for me. Sometimes it's okay for me not to know who they are because they just they just have this light being form. I'm lying. There were also the, the, the mentees. They are healers. They are incredible healers. And what was that? Uh, Sorry. 
the mentees. Um, I don't normally work with them, funnily enough, but they're incredible healers. Um, they're very meticulous with their healing, um, which is what I did see. Very, very meticulous. Um, but for me, it's always very humbling that I'm able to do this. I love it because it benefits the client. I love seeing that, but it also benefits me. I mean, it's something that I've never experienced. And I feel like there's, especially when it comes to holistic healing and, and entering that state of just like mind and body and spirit, uh, a lot of people can be skeptical, but it's interesting because a lot of people are also skeptical about like very Western approaches, like therapy and things like that. And so it's like, to me, I feel like a big part of healing is sensing what feels right to you and embracing that. And like you said, at the very beginning of that demo, like giving, making sure you have an open mind and, and allow yourself that, you know, I think if this were honestly, even a year ago, I probably would not have been able to have as much of an open mind and not for lack of, um, desire to, but I think ignorance plays a large part in, in not wanting to understand certain things. But that's okay. I always say to people, it doesn't matter if you don't want the light language healing, you have to do whatever agrees with your soul. Mm -hmm. That's what you should do. I don't care if it's seeing a counselor or a different kind of therapist. It doesn't matter. You know, Rome wasn't built in a day and there are different ways to roam. So yes. oh, I love yeah, that. It's, and that's that's okay. You know, my mom doesn't believe in anything I do, but I don't love her any less. Why would right. I? Right. Yeah. I, well, I think that's one of the really beautiful things about humanity too, is that we have the opportunity, as you've been saying throughout the episode, to love and accept who we are. And that shouldn't change our ability to love and accept others or their ability to love and accept us. Absolutely. If if we all could think like that, wouldn't the world be a ah, more beautiful and harmonious place to live in? Yes. Uh, I, and, you know, I have to say, Brigitte, this is so uh, aligned with where I'm feeling, especially in the last 24 hours. My wife and I were watching a show um, on Netflix down on, uh, I think, Down for Love. And so it's um, watching people with Down syndrome date. And the... Awesome. Oh my, it was just so incredibly beautiful. And I was like, I was like, there's only five episodes. I'm so emotionally invested in these people. Like I need to know what else happens. But it was just like, I said to her, I said, this is the thing that I feel called to is like, I want to help the world be a more loving place. I want to help the world see, like people see that like we have the opportunity to be kinder and more loving to each other. And I feel like there, there's such a strong message in what you're doing around that as well. And I'm so appreciative of that. And that's why at the end of my book, it says, by descendant Master Saint Germain, he says, life is merely a return to love, nothing more, nothing less. Oh, that's beautiful. That's such a great way to end the episode. Birgitta, this has been such a wonderful conversation. I'm so grateful to have had it with you. I know that people can learn more about you on your website at powersoulhealing.com, but is there anywhere else you'd like them to follow you? Uh, you can find me on my YouTube channel. Power Soul Healing, and I'm on Instagram as well under Universal Light Warriors. Amazing. And we'll put all of that in the show notes. But in the meantime, that is all for this episode of Who the Fuck. Thank you so much, Brigida and gang. We will catch you next time. Thanks for having me. 
Thanks for listening to Who the Fuck. And if you like what you hear, share the show with your friends, family, coworkers, or anyone else you think needs a healthy dose of introspection and raw authenticity. Feel free to rate and review wherever you get your podcasts. It's always appreciated. And you can also visit whothefck.com to keep up to date with what's new in my world and for exclusive bonus content. Ever thought about starting your own podcast? Do you have a business or a message you want to share with the world? Well, now it's easier than ever with ElectroCast. Hi, I'm Mark Netter. And I'm Peter Rafelson. We're the founders of ElectroCast Media. Whether you want to start a new podcast or already have one, join ElectroCast to grow your audience, monetize your content, and build your community. With our simple sign-up, you get free promotion, world-class analytics, premium ads, and personal support. Go to ElectroCast.com and join our community today. Electricast. Transform your influence. Electricast. Hi, I'm Mark. And I'm Peter. We're the founders of Electricast Media, bringing you great podcasts like Nightmare Road Stories, Tech Talk Revolution, and Bodacious Minds. Electricast networks include Ruby for female empowerment, the best business network, and GPN for geopolitics. We built this company to create community and amplify diverse voices, and we really appreciate your support. So, keep listening to Electricast Podcasts and hear the culture. Electricast.